welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, does your weather stink? Before we get there, before we dive into the main topic, let's touch base on, well, weather. It's been a little less weathery out there for most folks this past week. Didn't see any major headlines, big stories, winter storms, unseasonably this or that. Now, there probably was. It just didn't make the news. Enough other things going on that the news cycles didn't seem weather-focused. And realistically, even for me, it was kind of pretty boring, if you will. Had a little bit of rain snow one day, some nice snow, but you know it was warm enough that it melted pretty quickly, so it didn't cause any major inconveniences. It's also warming up enough where I am that a lot of the piles of snow that have gathered have started to melt. Although, even as I found out on Tuesday, I took a took a walk and went by a local park, and the ground is still snow-covered. But, yeah, you can kind of feel springs not too far away. And that makes sense, given that we're about to start meteorological spring here in a day or two, three, somewhere in that range, next few days. So it's just around the corner. And I hope for you people that have been suffering and waiting that maybe spring's starting to spring a little bit where you are as well. Time change will come, though. I'm not a fan of that. And for those in the Southern Hemisphere who are going, oh, I want a little more summer, please hold on. Well, may your summer hold on a little longer. It was an interesting week in weather satellites as well. That whole system that brought Texas to its knees, it faked out satellites. An interesting story, link in the show notes. I'm going to go into too much detail, but more or less, you know, you got to think about the way satellites work. A lot of times the information they're retrieving is not an actual image, if you will. It's a sensor that says, okay, it's this cold or it's that cold or there's you know, something coming back and it's telling me something in a different wavelength and that might tell me something about temperature, about humidity, whatever it might be. Well, it was so cold, unseasonably cold in Texas and even in parts of Canada with this event that the satellites got confused and put the resulting information down as the top of clouds. thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mentioned a few weeks ago also on satellites about... A radar and satellite, a NASA probe. Well, uh, the folks over at Climacell, I mentioned before, kind of a startup in the weather space, if you will. Not so much a startup anymore, but they were a few years back. Are getting in that whole CubeSat race. So, yeah, like I said, a lot of of satellite-related news this week in the weather world. But let's not spend too much time there. Let's get to the main topic. Is your weather stinky? And why are we even talking about it? Now, I must apologize. Somebody sent me a message about this. Either I dreamt it, but I don't think so. And I can't find it. Couldn't find it in my emails. Couldn't find it on Twitter. So wherever it is, I've lost the message. And I don't think I'm dreaming it up. Somebody mentioned something about the smells of weather. Now, I thought it was a longtime supporter of the podcast, Aaron, and I've sent a message, haven't heard back, not surprising. I, I wasn't good. This was a, a message a few months ago, and I noted it down as a future episode, and I also responded to the person at the time and said, you know, we, or I thought, again, thought I did, that way back in the day when the podcast first started and I was doing some video 
episodes as well called You Ask, We Answer. I talked about this. I talked about specifically the smell of rain, associated with rain. That was the focus back then, right? So there's really three things when it comes to rain. We'll start there since that's what it was. It wasn't where this message went. This message was a different season, and, and you know they kind of suggested it as an idea. Again, apologies to whoever it was. Reach back out to me, whoever it was that sent me that message, so that I can make sure that I've addressed the topic. And if I don't address it today, well, hopefully we'll figure out a way to do so. Three things with rain. One is kind of before the storms arrive. And this has to do with lightning and the creation when lightning strikes in the air, particularly when you have maybe not so much uh, cloud to ground, but cloud to cloud lightning creates more ozone. And we can definitely smell that. So you may actually smell that before storms arrive to you since lightning can be out in front of those storms or the winds may carry the ozone ahead of the main storm itself, right? If you got some sort of gust front or something else that's propelling the air in front of a storm. Then you get a second one. And the second one is petrichor. I, I never know if I'm saying that right, but this is a chemical that it responds when it's been real dry, right? And rain falls and it's a chemical reaction. So if you've ever noticed that it seems like, you know, you can kind of smell when the rain first starts falling, that's usually what it is. That's the smell. And the last one is geosmin. And this is the one that's more kind of the after storm effect. It's more of an earthy smell. Some things, it's a smell people like, some people like, some people can't stand it, right? But I was doing some reading on this, and this is something I didn't come across last time, is the human nose is particularly sensitive to this one. Much more so, for instance, than you always hear things like sharks can smell blood in the water, right? Well, humans can smell geosmin in the air better than sharks can smell blood in the water. And depending on where you are, you may get more or less of this scent, just like you may get more or less of that petrichor. It just If you're in an urban environment, you're less likely to experience that. Just the makeup of what tends to be on the ground around us. But those are generally the three things. And when you do a search about the smells of weather, those are the ones that tend to come up the most. Because it's what most people experience and most people think about. And it's the one that most people are probably cognizant of. Right. They, they think about it because it, it's a definitive smell that they come across. But because we covered it before, I'm not going to spend too much time there. And you can read about it endlessly. And I, again, there'll be some link in the show notes. If you want to read more about it and understand a little bit more about it, there's one from, I think, Scientific American. It really kind of goes in those three things, specifically lays it out and kind of hits on what I mentioned here today. But let's focus on the other weather and the other seasons and talk about what's really going on. And since we're in winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, and since I've been experiencing a lot of winter, I thought we'd start there. We'd start with snow. Because some people will swear to you that they can smell snow. Or that it seems like a snowstorm's coming, whatever it might be. And you wonder... Is that true? Is it real? Can people really do that? And the short answer is, yeah, probably some. 
And a lot of this all boils down to everybody's a little different, right? What we capture for one person is different to another, but why might it be, all right? Now, there's the obvious thing that your body's going, well, it's cold outside. Maybe you're not smelling anything. So it smells like snow's coming, and it's really not smelling anything at all. But our body does physically change when it's cold outside. Our nose actually becomes less sensitive in the cold weather. Right? It becomes more prone to not picking up odors. But the reality, scientifically, is we tend to get less odors in the air during the winter time. And this is primarily due to the fact that we just don't have as much things going into that gas phase from a solid phase or a liquid phase. And this is true of the air in general, right? Colder air, colder temperatures tend not to stir things up. Molecules move differently. So we're just not getting all that same stuff kicked into the air. So it's not just about our body. It's, it's probably really a combination of things, right? We get this situation where the air's behaving differently and our bodies are behaving differently. So what we may perceive is a change that's suggestive of snow. But the reality also is that snow itself can smell. And this has to do with the fact that when it first snows, we, and we've talked about this. We talked about this with a water episode, right? Things condense. They condense around something. And this is true of a snowflake as well. So those water molecules come together, and they come together on substances that are in the air. Now, that's the same way that certain substances get transported to all sorts of different altitudes and latitudes is, you know, they form around the molecules, molecules carry them, and then it goes to the ground. And that's one of the differences per, particularly with snow versus rain. Because when things rain out, right, they tend to flush along and, and get carried away. But with snow, things tend to stay a little bit longer where they are. Now, if snow's falling and it's kind of melting as it's falling, kind of like I had here this week, you may smell things that were in the air, right, that get trapped and released as that snow melts and things evaporate, again, not as quickly. But those things came down right? And maybe they're in a, a stronger concentration near your level versus being th distributed throughout different levels of the atmosphere. Then for longer snows, like I've had this winter, things get released over time. And this is true in areas that tend to have a lot of snowpack each year. But what you might want to keep in mind is some of those heavier or more smelly molecules tend to get snowed out, if you will, earlier in the snow process. So if you want something that's a cleaner snow, this is probably why it's best to not take the first snow on your tongue and wait for some of the later snow. You tend to get molecules that are maybe not as uh, gross, if you will. It's not always the case. And that's probably why they also say, you know, you shouldn't really eat snow because they're depending on where you are. It can be kind of yucky. Eh, but again, it really, it's going to depend on the, the makeup of the atmosphere around you. So if you're in a kind of a clean air environment, you're less likely to be dealing with car exhaust, as an example, or plant emissions, or whatever it might be. So snow really can smell. Now, the, the prelude to snow may be a little trickier, right? Like I said, it's probably some combination of the way, you know, 
the sudden change. And we notice these, tend to notice these things when it's more of a sudden change, go from being really warm to really cold. But since our bodies does change, we're probably just sensing things differently, and those things are coming together correctly to give us a perception. Now, summer has just the opposite problem, right? We talk about how our body works, our body responds differently in summer. Our, our nose is more sensitive, hence what we talked about at the beginning of the episode about smelling certain things after the rains. But just like our body changes, so does the atmosphere. The hotter it is, the more, you know, what you got to think about is think about it just like humidity, right? We always talk about how humidity seems worse in the summer. Now, this isn't, you, know, you got to keep in mind, a, a, a box of air can hold as much water when it's cold or warm, but there are relationships between pressure and temperature and what's in the air, et cetera. But the primary reason I bring it up is there's more evaporation that takes place when it's hotter outside. And this is true of water, but it's also true of other chemicals. Making that transition from a solid or liquid phase to a gas phase tends to happen more readily when it's hot. So if you get hotter air, you're more likely going to get stinky gas as things decompose, right? That just don't do that in the wintertime. But it's the same with just the natural life around us. Things, you know, bloom in the springtime and then they kick up in the summer and all that stuff just, it's more easily entered into the atmosphere. So the weather, the smells of summer are very much just about what's growing, but also what's decomposing. And that's kind of an important way to think about it, right? But like I said, I, you know, I, I relate it to that humidity thing because I think it's something we all think about, a hot summer day. Well, that hot summer day, if, if a lot of evaporation is going on, there's a lot of stink in the air probably too. And you, you're going to notice that kick up in the spring, of course, as things are blooming, like I said. So spring to you may be a fragrant time because things are blooming. Flowers tend to be a little more scented than just you know, regular plant growth. So it's very logical to think about that. But you also need to think about it in the way things flow or the way air flows for different seasons. And, you know, here in the mid-latitudes where I am, we tend to go through phases where things sort of shift as the sun shifts in the position relative to the planet. So we go through phases where it's more stormy, if you will, or weather, weather patterns flow through the region. But think of it also in the way of what the normal wind flow is during a given season, right? And where, where the weather that influences your area more likely comes from different times of year, because that can all play into this. And it's going to change the smells that you have in a given season. And, you know, this happens in fall too. You know, we, I, I like to talk about how I love fall. Because it gives us certain seasons of smell or of color, right? That fall weather helps with that. And so I have an association with certain things that represent fall. And that's how I know fall is in the air, if you will. But fall in the air for a lot of people can be not necessarily a pleasant. It can be stinky. Fall is a time of year when a lot of farmers put manure on their fields, right? It's when they're refurbing the fields. And I had an experience with that when I was out riding a bike this fall. And that I was, oof, it was downwind from some stink. 
And I was reminded of that. And it just happened to be the way the airflow was that day and where I was riding. But for some people, fall may be a stinky time. may not be a fun time at all. may not be what you're looking forward to. And it's just a reminder, though, that so we, we've got a, a variety of things that the way weather may smell that is based on not only what the weather itself is doing, but what the weather is combining with in the natural world around it and in the human world as well. Right? It's not just the natural things, but it's the way the air is going to move things. It's going to be about whether there's high or low pressure. So, for instance, is our sense that might have gone a little higher in the atmosphere being pushed down because there's higher pressure. So all those things come into play. So, for instance, if your springtime is dominated not so much by rain, but is dominated by high pressure and is dominated by flow that's coming off the ocean, you may get more heavy, salty smell, right? It's going to be a situational scenario. So you should really probably think about the smells of weather, some of them being very scientific, right? This is water reacting with the dry earth that creates this chemical smell. This is snow capturing certain particles out of the air and bringing them back down to earth. A very chemical, physical process. But you should also think about the fact of how your body's changing during different seasons and also about how weather was going to work with the world around it, not so much in a direct reaction, but in delivering, and this is primarily through winds, or like I said, through pressure levels changing the vertical structure of the air column, and the associations that we have with those things. So by a certain setup taking place in the weather patterns, particularly in an area that maybe you grew up in, you're going to associate a certain behavior or a certain set of smells or the way things feel. So it's more of this associative thing with what the weather's going to be like. And this was why, though, there's a danger in that it may not play out the same way if you've moved to a different area or you're experiencing it in a different place. So what may have been spring becomes fall or summer, right? So it's really, if you were going to put it in a bucket, I guess, it's that direct chemical reaction, the interaction with the, the world around the weather, and then those associations that we have combined with how our body transitions during those seasons. I don't know. So it's kind of an interesting thing. You know, we've talked about animals before and whether animals can really sense weather. Well, maybe they sense it more through something like smell. You know, I mentioned sharks earlier, but, you know, a lot of times animals' smell is much more keen or their hearing is much more keen than their eyesight. So maybe their ability to know a storm is coming is not because a storm is coming, but because maybe they know that when they can smell the manure, they're, that's a certain direction where weather tends to come from. I don't know. Food for thought, if you will. And I'll leave you with this. In doing the research on this article, you, know, you always get these companies that are trying to recreate these different smells associated with weather that most humans find pleasant but there was one that was i think it was the brand was lush and they had a something called the smell of weather turning now i'm not going to buy any but uh just know you can go know exactly what weather turning smells like and you know maybe it's pleasant for you maybe it's not hopefully they've uh, created something that is a seller for them i'm not sure 
Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the smell of weather or the smell of seasons. It doesn't even have to be about specific specific weather event. And if you were that person that did send me a message, please reach out. I feel really bad about it because I want to give that person proper credit because they were kind of the motivation to get back and do this episode. You can reach me. What is about the weather at gmail.com, of course. What is about the weather on Twitter? Mark underscore Jelonic on Twitter. Whatever way you want to get hold of me, feel free to do it. And if you're interested in learning more about supporting the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash weather. But until next time, whether you're smelling spring right now or fall right now, or waiting for the smells of another season, just remember, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.